0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Good morning. We are starting a new series, and I've been praying up for this. If you didn't know the process of how these outlines come to, to pass, I mean, we start developing them a few months ahead of time. Uh, and so every once in a while, we come into a series that, as it's being developed, I get a little more excited about. And this one I'm certainly excited about, encountering Jesus. There's so much wrapped into this. Listen, if you are a Christ follower, you've at least been encountered by Jesus once. But I don't think it's supposed to stop there. I think our life following Jesus is supposed to be an encounter after an encounter after an encounter. And we see that in Scripture. And I hope that we begin to live like that in our own lives. Listen, as I I read through the Gospels, I see stories of many who encountered Jesus. There were some who followed from a distance. We know those, right? In fact, there were thousands that were following Jesus from a distance. And then there were some who pressed in and pursued the opportunity to get close. Others had a designed encounter they were previously unaware would happen. Listen, there's times where I'm pursuing Jesus and I have an expectation of what he's going to do in my life. And then there's other times where he just surprises me. And I had this encounter with him that's unexpected. Listen, the thing about some of the stories in the Bible, when, uh, when when people encounter Jesus, I began to think of, one, what the stories were, and there's many if, as you read through the Gospels, and then I wanted to also focus on the results of that, but here's just a few that I thought of. Maybe you think of others. The first one I thought of was the demoniac. You guys remember that story where he was filled with many demons, Jesus encounters him, he's delivered, and not only is he delivered, but he ends up going back home and telling so many people about Jesus. So we see this dramatic change. In fact, it says that he was, he was naked, he was cutting himself, he was breaking chains, he was living in the tombs. And then when he encounters Jesus, the very end of that story says he's clothed and in his right mind sitting at the feet of Jesus. I thought about the woman at the well and the encounter that she has with Jesus and the conversation, this intimate conversation that Jesus has with her. Think about the woman who was caught in adultery and the grace that Jesus shows. I thought about the centurion whose servant had died and he comes to Jesus. I think about the blind man. Not only did he heal, heal this man, this man's story ends up uh, causing a ruckus within the religious community. I, I love what the blind, how the blind man responds. He says, I don't really know a whole lot about Jesus, but I do know this. I was blind, but now I see. Listen, each time we encounter Jesus, there should be that. I was this, but now I'm this. And I don't care how long you've been following Jesus. If you've been following Jesus for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, we should be having encounters that we would leave, one, transformed and changed, but then also excited to tell the story of, I was this, but now I'm Those are the encounters that Jesus wants us to have with him. Each of these encounters were transformational. Today, though, Jesus is now walking with us in a physical body. We can still encounter his presence, his power, and his love. Listen, I believe we were encountering his presence, his power, and his love this morning as we lift his name in worship. So let me ask you this question. Are you watching Jesus from a distance? I know how easy it is, even in my own life, I know how easy it is to just watch Jesus from a distance. It doesn't mean that I'm any less saved. It just means that I've stopped pursuing him. I'm still interested, but I've stopped pursuing him. Man, I want us to leave this place this morning encouraged, inspired, and excited to pursue Jesus, to draw close to Jesus every moment of every day. Listen, everything in life changes when we begin to chase after Jesus. Begin to chase after him. You, you stop seeing everything that's happening all around you, the things that can be distractions, the things that can pull you down, the things that can cause you to be depressed, the things that can cause questions and doubt and anxiety and stress and fear. You, you kind of stop seeing all those things. When my eyes are set on Jesus and I'm not doing anything but pursuing him, nothing else matters. And when I'm pursuing Jesus, I have encounter after encounter after encounter with him. So as we come into a life-giving relationship With Jesus, it should not only change who we are but how we live. Our life should be evident through our action. This transformation should be evident through our actions. Listen, let's let's not make a mistake. We don't get saved by anything that we do. We are not saved by works, but the fruit of salvation is good works. Over and over. But I don't think that that happens on a regular basis in our life unless we're pursuing Jesus. Unless we come into places like this when we know we're going to be gathering in others. We know that a room, a space will be filled with the worship of His name and we, we just fall before His feet. We stand before His feet. We lift our voices in our hands and we worship Him. That's, that's the encounters that Jesus wants to have. Not just here, but everywhere that we go. James 2.17 says, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. This transformation I'm talking about, these encounters that I'm talking about, we see it time and time again in the Gospels. And I'm sure there's stories represented here this morning of I had an encounter with Jesus. I was this, but now I'm this. I would encourage that every time you have one of those stories, one, keep account of them and tell people about them. Don't ever hold that stuff to yourself. This morning, maybe you've had an encounter with Jesus already, and maybe that happens in the next few moments. But that we would leave this place and just say, listen, i got to tell you something about this morning. It was a little different than any other morning. I mean, the room was the same, the people were the same, the music was the same. But I encountered Jesus. I was this, but now I'm this. The first story we're going to cover in this series on Encountered by Jesus is the story of Zacchaeus. How many of y'all remember that story? Zacchaeus was a. And a wee little. Yes! There are saved people in the room. I remember the stories, and you probably do too. If you're younger than me, then maybe not. Raise your hand if you remember the flannel boards. Come on, Lord. The flannel boards, the the thing that I loved about the flannel boards is like all the characters were always the same. In fact, I think that uh, Joseph also played several other characters. I I remember the story of Zacchaeus, and I don't know if this was Zacchaeus or not. I was pretty sure I saw him spring up in some other stories. But I I remember the posture or the pose of Zacchaeus. He was kind of like this. And And you saw that pose in many other flannel board stories. And what I, would, I loved, and maybe our, my, my Sunday school teacher, her, her name was Sister Nix. I don't, I don't know, she's probably 90 something now. But I, I, I remember Sister Nix, she was pretty creative because she could take this Zacchaeus character pose like this, and he would climb a tree. Just like. <laughs> just, she, she, and then he would just kind of be standing up in a tree waiting for Jesus to come by. I hope you don't have those same type. No, those are great memories, right? You guys remember those. Jesus was standing, but he would be on a donkey. You guys remember that? I love those flannel boards. we got to bring the flannel boards back. And we started... Lisa's saying no. We are not starting a movement. We are not starting a movement. Well, we, we have a little video to show you because we asked... Uh, some kids about Zacchaeus and, and the one thing that I thought of was we have to, br- we have to bring the flannel board back um, Because for some reason those stories just <laughs> They stick with you forever <laughs> I think that's a good thing But let's, uh, let's watch this cute video Hi Grace families I'm Pastor Danielle This past week we asked some of our Grace kids Who Zacchaeus was And this is what they had to say Who was Zacchaeus I don't know. I don't know. A big, um, a person? Zacchaeus was a believer of God. He's kind of like a human, but he can, like, do some cool stuff. Um, next question. How tall do you think he was? Four inch. Four inches? Small. Big. Um, how tall do you think Zacchaeus was? Their size, like ten feet. What type of tree did Zacchaeus climb? Mm, a flower, a sycamore tree. What was Zacchaeus looking for in that tree? Flowers. What type of tree did Zacchaeus climb? That's awesome. Y'all ever do that when, when somebody asks you a question you can't answer? You just revert to, but I love Jesus. <laughs> I love that story. So, I mean, that was the Cornelius campus. I'm sure that the kids here probably know a lot more about, <laughs> about Zacchaeus. Well, let's read through the story. We're going to find this story in Luke chapter 19. Verses 1 through 10, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. We will uh, have the verses for you on the screen, or you can follow on your device. Oh, I see some paper Bibles, too. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that. Who said that? Okay, it's okay, I think it's okay for you to say that. It would not have been okay for me to say that. Here we, here we go. Here's the encounter that we see Zacchaeus have. Uh, with Jesus, starting in verse one of Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. Verse five, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up The amounts. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. I don't know if that's every detail we would have in that story, but I think it's enough to tell us about this encounter that Zacchaeus has with Jesus. In these few moments, we see this transformation, this change happen in Zacchaeus's life. We don't get a whole lot of details about Zacchaeus himself in those few verses, but the few details we do get is this. He's, he's a chief tax collector, so not just a tax collector. He's a chief tax collector. He cheated people and became wealthy. We see that right there in the verses, and we see that he was short. Anybody else identify? <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm so glad for some reasons that we live in the culture that we live in today because I no longer identify as a short man. Poor joke. I hope this isn't being recorded. (laughs) Zacchaeus had obviously heard about Jesus and the miracles he had performed. His desire to see Jesus brought him to an encounter with Jesus that not only radically transformed his life, but it changed the direction of his life. Man, as I I look at the, the condition of the church in the past several decades, this is one of the things that I'm most worried about. As people are coming to know Jesus, are we just checking a box and putting them in accounts? Are we discipling them to see that their their life is transformed to to a degree that the direction of their life is changed? See, I think that's what true salvation, that's what true transformation, us encountering Jesus should change the direction of our lives. Our lives should be transformed. So let's dig into that a little bit deeper to see what happens with Zacchaeus. The first thing is this, Zacchaeus was passionate in his pursuit of Jesus. We see that in verses 3 through 4. Listen, this wasn't a, this wasn't a chance encounter, but a divine moment. All because of Zacchaeus, he had made a great effort to see Jesus. Listen, there were many people who were were hearing about the miracles in the stories. There were many people doing that. There were many people that were even lining the streets at this very moment. But something was different with Zacchaeus. He had heard the stories and he wanted to know the man. And so he made this, this huge effort to see Jesus, not knowing, not expecting the encounter that he would have. He just wanted to see. He wanted to see Jesus. Listen, there was no chance Zacchaeus was going to miss this opportunity. I think about the many opportunities I've had in my own life, and I've just missed them. Maybe because I was too distracted or too busy or whatever. But I just missed these encounters that Jesus wanted to have with me. So we come to divine encounters as we set our hearts and lives to passionately pursue Jesus. So think about this past week. Could you say that you had an encounter with Jesus? Were you encountered by Jesus? Was there any moment in the past week that you could raise your hand and say, this is what happened as I encountered Jesus? Because those are the moments that Jesus wants us to have every day, multiple times of every day. Have we become too distracted, too complacent? Let's pursue Jesus. Let's pursue him. Let's chase after him. Listen, we sing songs about God pursuing us, but I, I want to pursue him. There's, there's, not a, there's not a moment in my life that I want to be walking away or distracted. Because of who he is, I want to pursue him. So the first thing is we see Zacchaeus. He's passionate in his pursuit. The second thing is Zacchaeus practiced hospitality. We see that in uh, verses 4 and 5. Zacchaeus opened the way for a divine encounter because he was willing to open his life and open his home. I think it's a, a pretty unique thing that happens when Jesus sees him. And Jesus, he invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. Did you guys catch that? He's like, Come on down, I'm going to your house. Like, how, don't raise your hand, because I don't want you to tell yourself. But, like, how many of you would think, Oh man, my living room is a wreck? Oh, I didn't, I didn't get gross. There's nothing in my house for Jesus to eat. Oh, this, if, if he comes over, then I can't do. Right? There's, there's so many things. We, we've got plans for our own lives, and sometimes there's these distractions. But the thing is, as many times as Jesus is wanting to encounter us, we come up with these reasons of why that can't happen. And I love the fact that Zacchaeus was like, okay. So Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus' house and has this encounter with Jesus that ends up transforming and changing his life. I love what it says in Romans twelve thirteen It says, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. You know, maybe this is one of those things that as a church we've just kind of gotten away with, I mean, gotten away from. And, and I know we've been in this COVID season where maybe you're, you're just less likely to have people come over. But I'm wondering if there's other ways that we can practice this very thing. And maybe that's just through a phone call and a conversation, and maybe it's through, maybe it's through a card of encouragement or just finding out ways that we can share with the people around us that are in need. If I were to ask you this morning if you were in need to raise your hand, I would assume that many people would raise their hand. Because right now, I, I, from in my life, which I'm 48, 40, 48, I'm at that place. That's kind of sad, right? I'm like pulling out a calculator church. And- <laughs> I don't know that in my life that I've seen such a great need, not just in the community, but even in, even in the church. So we practice hospitality. We open our lives to others. We freely share with others that they might experience Jesus through our kindness, through our grace, through our love, through our giving, through our words of encouragement. The third thing we see is Zacchaeus chose to do what was right. He chose to do what was right. We see that in verse 8. As Zacchaeus encountered Jesus that deeply impacted his life. Rather than meeting with Jesus and moving on, I mean, we never do this, but rather than meeting with Jesus and moving on, he changed the direction and action of his life. Listen, and this isn't, this isn't speaking to you. This is, I'm speaking to myself as well. In fact, every time I get up to speak, I'm always speaking to myself. But an observation that I've, I have in the church is that we've become really, really good at this encountering God, encountering Jesus, encountering the Holy Spirit on a Sunday morning, a Wednesday night in a group gathering, and then just leaving as if life was the same as it was before we encountered Jesus. And I want to pattern my life after what I see in Zacchaeus here, where not only did he encounter Jesus, not only did he open up to the opportunity to encounter Jesus, but he immediately began to make some decisions that his life would change. The very people Zacchaeus had taken advantage of now became the recipients of his generosity. I mean, we see in this very brief encounter, in fact, what's described is extremely brief. Like even before they go to the, the home, even before they have that part of the encounter, Zacchaeus is recognizing who Jesus is and already knowing that when I'm in the presence of Jesus, I realize how much I need to change. And he begins to make statement of statements of that change. As those who have been encountered by Jesus, we should seek to do what is just and right. We see that in Micah 6.8. So listen, the point here is that we, we have encountered Jesus, and now our lives need to change, and not just change, but impact others. Right? Zacchaeus could have encountered Jesus, he could have had this transformation, and he still could have kept on to all his wealth and begin to make different decisions after that. But that's not what he does. He goes, man, I, just, I want to make sure that the change that just happened to me impacts those around me. And I'm sure that he also told this crazy story about climbing the sycamore tree and seeing Jesus and how all that occurred. But Zacchaeus made a choice to do what was right. Part of that was the generosity he began to live with that impacted the lives of others. The last point is this. Zacchaeus went above and beyond what was expected Zacchaeus knew he had cheated people, and in fact, he had cheated a lot of people. He'd become wealthy, and he was going above and beyond to make that right. He was doing more than what was expected. In a cultural, in a culture of minimum effort and doing enough to get by, we want to be those who go above and beyond. We want to do what is expected and then some, that we might represent Jesus well if the worship team could come back up, we're going to spend some more time worshiping. Because for me, like worship is one of those times, and, and I, I do this more than just at church, just to let you know. I have a piano at my house, and I love sitting at the piano, and I love driving and listening to worship music. But I, I want us to have a few more moments where for us, we can be, begin to respond to this. If we are those who want to have an encounter moment by moment, listen, I know that some of us The opportunity was there for all of us to encounter Jesus just moments ago. There's been moments since then that we've had that same opportunity. But I want us to begin to focus some of our attention, some of our thoughts on this. Zacchaeus knew that in the moment of encountering Jesus, there were some things in his life that needed to change and change immediately. There was a different perspective that he needed. There was a different focus that he needed in his life. There was a different direction he needed to take. And so what my hope and prayer is this morning is as as we spend these last few moments to encounter Jesus once again, that those are the things that begin to pop up. Listen, I know that there's people here that are struggling right right now with stress and anxiety and fear and doubts. I know that because I am one. In fact, just I think it was just this morning, we have a friend whose 19 year old son is in the hospital in Virginia, and he's been there for over 40 days. And once again, he's back to a place where they think he's going to pass away. 19 years old. And one of the questions I even said it out loud to my wife is like, I don't I don't understand if God's desires to see more people come to him. Why would he allow Christians to die? Listen, that, that question is asked because I want an answer, but not because I doubt who God is. I know who he is. I know what his heart is. But still, I also want to, I just want to be real to say, man, I have some questions. I have questions. So if, if I have those, I know that there's other people here that do as well. Maybe your job has been affected. Maybe your family has been affected. Maybe you yourself are still struggling with the, the results of having COVID, I'm sure that there's people in here, you've lost loved ones and you've lost friends and it just doesn't make sense. But this is the thing that I also know, that as we encounter Jesus, everything can begin to change. It doesn't necessarily change the past. It doesn't necessarily change the circumstances that brought the pain, but it can certainly change the pain. It can transform the pain. It can erase the pain. God can bring our focus to once again, man, God, I know who you are. There's so many things that right now are happening and I just don't understand them. But I know who you are. So, God, right now, I pray that you just change my perspective, change my focus back to who you are. See, these are the encounters that God wants us to have with his son, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that when Jesus left, he he didn't say, look, I'm, I'm going away. So too bad for you. In fact, he made it better. He knew it was going to be better. He understood that it was going to be better because he said this, the Father is going to send the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the wonderful, one of the wonderful things about the Holy Spirit is as we lead today, the Holy Spirit is going to follow you and, you and you and you and you and you and me. He's going to follow all of us. And as the Holy Spirit follows us, then we have moment after moment after moment that opens up these opportunities to encounter Jesus.